Should you fire your financial advisor? Today, we're going through five signs that maybe you should. This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. Today, we're talking with Patrice, our producer, about whether you should fire your financial advisor. So I'm curious, Patrice, have you ever fired a financial advisor? No, I'm very happy with my financial advisor, I must say. He has come through in many tough situations, not just for me, but he also has helped my daughter-in-law's family. So I'm happy. And to be honest, I wouldn't know how to do it. Yeah, I suppose maybe that's the uh, the other thing you should say is how to find it. Yeah. Well, not just should you, but how. We'll, we'll add that in and make sure how, how to do that. Let me put a note in here and just say, here's uh, how do you do it? Uh, how? Okay. All right. Perfect. Great. Well, uh, that I'm glad you mentioned that how your advisor is being quite helpful yes. uh, because that's the first sign. And this is all based on an article from Kiplinger. So we'll put that in the, the notes. But uh, when it comes to your financial advisor and should you fire them, the first the first sign is your advisor does the bare minimum, hmm. right? Uh, a lot of times in the, in the article, it suggests that your advisor should be looking at the big picture. They should be talking to you about social security, pension, minimizing your taxes, estate strategies. And if all they do is say, here's a couple stocks, here's a couple of mutual funds, right? They're not really uh, being a true advisor, they're perhaps acting more as like an investment salesperson exactly. on there. Yeah. And and really, we hear from people, they're talking to us because they're not happy with their advisor. Uh, I hear all the time, well, I asked my advisor about this and they just don't know. Or they say, oh, we don't do that, right? Oh, we don't do tax uh -huh. planning. Oh, we don't help with figuring out your social security. We don't help file for your uh, Medicare. You know, we don't, know how the college savings plans work. Yeah. You know, for them to say, I don't know is one thing, but for them to say, we don't do that. Whoa, mm -hmm. wait a minute. That's a big red flag. Yeah. Like, uh, we don't know. Uh, I, I guess the correct, correct answer should be, I don't know yet, but let me, exactly. let me find that out for you. Should exactly. really be the, the right yeah. answer. Let me find out. Exactly. Yeah. But we don't do that. A flat, we don't do that. Hmm. Or at least they're being honest, I suppose. Right. But, but then explain why they don't do it. Are they not certified to do it? Are they not authorized to do it? Yeah, it could be either one of those. And oftentimes, and it goes into the second piece of it, of, of why you might not want to work with this advisor anymore, is you don't fall within your advisor's uh, niche, right? Uh, that's a good question to ask your current advisor. Or by this time, you're maybe looking for a new advisor is, you know, what's your typical clients? Where do you, what do you specialize in? Right. There's a lot of people that specialize in highly compensated corporate executives or dentists. There's a lot of things going on with uh, kind of <laughs> loans with dental practices and, and things like that, as opposed to how uh, what we focus on is people transitioning into retirement. Right. If you're if you're somebody that's 23 and has a bunch of questions about college savings, college loans, uh, we're not your your person. We're here to help you maximize your Social Security minimize your taxes, figure out what's best with your 401k, things along those lines, uh, which is why uh, we, we've had a few people have asked us about the college loans. They've asked us about it for their kids. And I've got a friend who focuses on college loans. I send our clients there. I say, here Perfect. you go. Talk, talk to him. He's got a great 
program, it's worth it to go through. And they've been very pleased with it, right? Uh, that's perfect. Making yeah. sure your advisor has the ability to answer and take care of the, the questions that you have. And has a network like that. That's a beautiful thing to have, to know that you can go to your advisor and say, well, do you have someone I, can, I could speak to who might have the answer? And you know right offhand. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. So uh, that's uh, another thing. We, if your advisor doesn't have a niche, then they clearly aren't a specialist in one area, right? If you do ask them who their ideal client is, who do they help the most? They say, oh, basically everybody. Then they probably know a little bit about everything compared okay. to uh, a lot about a few things. And that's that's maybe where you're hearing those answers from the first question of, well, you know, social security, you can you can look online, you know, figure some things out, right? They might just not have a deep expertise. And I think that's where you get the most value out of an advisor is when they have a deep expertise and exactly what you need. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the third reason you might uh, want to fire your financial advisor is they said it's a relationship of two, not three. And of course, we're talking here to the, the couples where if the advisor only talks to one of you uh, and kind of ignores the other one, you know, that's that's a hot, good sign. And it's especially seems yeah. prevalent when it's maybe a male advisor and it's only talking to the the male and the couple, if that's the, the case on there. And yes, there are people that I like to call them financial and non-financial spouses because it's not only a gender thing. There's usually one financial spouse, one non-financial spouse, and it's good for the advisor to try to bring those two together and kind of bring out the non-financial spouse that's uh, less interested and needs some kind of a boosting or education or including that's a, that's a good thing. So if your advisor isn't doing that, maybe even actively excluding you, that's a sign you should fire your financial advisor. We had that once we were talking to somebody at a webinar. It was a, it was back in the days of seminars. This is like 10 years ago. <laughs> and I, uh, she said to me, I just don't like my advisor. Well, tell me more about it. And she says, all the money we have with them is in my name. My husband has no money in his name, right? All the accounts are in my name. But when the advisor would call her house, she would answer the phone and he'd say, is your husband home? Like it's, you know, the 1950s wow. or something. Like it's it's her money. But he he would basically refuse to talk to her. Uh, he just kind of like is the man of the house there. Is like, mm. I, could, I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. That's so foolish too, because face it, if statistically women live longer than men and okay, yes, yeah. very often you're right. The, the woman is not the financial spouse, but if the financial spouse is the husband and he dies, hello, dear advisor, you're going to be dealing with the woman of the house. So yeah, you better exactly. get her involved in those discussions or she's right. going to go look for a new advisor. Yeah. So clearly it's, it's wrong to begin with, but uh, like you said, even beyond wrong, it's foolish. Like yes. what is he? What is he thinking from just a business standpoint, from his own, if he's got his own self-interest at heart, uh, he's got to start including your. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the the fourth reason though is, and it's maybe somewhat similar is uh, if you have some uneasy feeling, like just, hmm. just trust your gut. You know, if somebody, if that advisor is telling you things that are too good to be true, or they're just being evasive somehow, you know, trust your gut and, and go look, look elsewhere. And I'll give you an example on that one too. Uh, we ran into a, a bunch of people in a community south of where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And we just kept running to these people that said, well, yeah, I've got this uh, thing called a promissory note from these financial advisors. And they were telling me more about it where, yeah, it's like a guaranteed 8%. Well, whoa, uh, you can't get guaranteed 8% uh, today. 
uh, you definitely couldn't get guaranteed 8% in 2010. Well, then it turns out a couple of years later that these advisors were, it was basically a, a pyramid scheme on there. And oh. so if something's too good to be true, if there's some sort of evasive maneuvers going on, keep an eye on that. And especially, it seems like for some reason, these promissory notes are uh, an area where there's just a, a large amount of these type of abuse. I'm going to link to a file. The SEC, it's such a big deal that the SEC has on their website a whole brochure about it. And I'm just going to read to you real quick a yeah. paragraph. They say, unfortunately, there have been many instances of unscrupulous individuals pushing bogus promissory notes. They're being sold as instruments that guarantee above market fixed interest rates while safeguarding the principal, while fraudulent promissory notes appear to give investors the two things they desire most, higher returns and safety, they may not be worth the paper they're printed on. Remember, if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our five-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com, use the number or spell it out, you'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening, and now for the rest of the show. Absolutely. I don't quite often read verbatim from regulatory <laughs> you know, type of uh, uh, languages, but they, they hit it spot on where that just describes one area, something called a promissory note that seems like uh, it often is too good to be true, but that just, that's just not, you just trust your gut, right? Trust your gut. Jeremy, quickly explain the promissory note because I had not heard about this. Yeah, it's basically, think of a loan uh, right. from your bank. You, you go to the bank, they say, we'll lend you some money and you've got to pay us, you know, 5%, 8% interest, you know, whatever the interest rate is. Uh, so the promissory note is just somebody making a promise. And because it's not uh, a bank, it's not like uh, a really kind of standard situation, there's some extra risk. So you have to pay out a higher interest rate. That's why you can get higher interest rates from these promissory notes, right? If I just make you a promise. I say, I'll promise I'll pay you back. I'll give you uh 2% interest. You would tell me the government's paying me 5% interest. Why would I take your 2%, right? You're a higher risk than the government. So these promissory notes have to pay a higher rate of interest because they are uh, just, uh, it's default risk. It's, it's, it's a riskier investment than maybe through a bank or a government bond. Well, they say they will pay a higher rate. Let's Right. So then you hear, you know, really high interest rates. Well, what's going on there, right? Uh, we'll pay you 15%. Okay, well, why <laughs> Why is that, right? Uh, and so they, they, that that term promissory note is just one of the examples that I ran into and the SEC has a oh. whole brochure when I link to it just about that in particular. Okay. Well, the, the fifth reason why you should fire your, your financial advisor is if you feel ignored. Right? If your advisor doesn't reach out to you, doesn't return your calls, uh, one, they should reach out to you. But mm -hmm. at the minimum, they should return your calls. And we just saw uh, just recently had two new clients come, up, uh, come on board with us. And they both said that in 2021, they had met their previous advisor. So this is two okay. years ago now. They met their previous advisor. 
they invested, you know, big dollar amounts, million dollar plus with their advisor. And two years later, they hadn't talked to them, right? Two years later, they two hadn't talked years. to the advisor. They were paying them fees every single month or every single quarter, and they weren't getting anything out of the advisor. That's if you're getting ignored for no matter what dollar amount you have, uh, that's definitely not the way to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I'm surprised, especially during uh, the last couple of years in COVID, your advisor should have been reaching out at least every couple of months to make sure you were doing okay. Yeah, that's exactly uh, that's exactly it. So we've, we've talked about the, uh, the five signs you should fire your financial advisor. And this is why I have you on the show because you said, well, how? I didn't, I didn't write that down. <laughs> how should you fire a financial advisor? And I suppose really the first step is to go ahead and, and find your next financial advisor. It's uh, generally speaking, you find your next financial advisor before you fire your current one, because that's usually how it works, where you find the person you like, and then you uh, tell them to um, kind of work in the background, right? To take mm -hmm. your money from Edward Jones to Morgan Stanley, mm -hmm. or you know Fidelity to Schwab, or whichever direction uh, it's going, and they kind of talk in the background. You don't have to actually tell your current advisor. You don't have to uh, in any way, but it might be the polite thing to do if you like them. I suppose if you if you don't like them, why bother? Right? And if you haven't spoken to them in two years, why bother? <laughs> right. Uh, although what I will say about that is, I think it's best just to send an email, right? You're, you're moving your money away from them to book time on their calendar and for them to take some time and for you to take some time for a broken relationship, I would just send them an email and just say, uh, I'm working with this new advisor and I, I'd give them the the benefit of, of here's why, right? Sure. Uh, say, I'm working with this current advisor because you didn't return my calls, right? Maybe maybe just give them the opportunity to get better for the next people. Mm -hmm. Or I'm, I'm moving to this new advisor because they focus on retirement planning uh, and you don't. You know, Give them a, give them a, a reason why uh, that you're doing doing that. Although sometimes if you haven't found the next advisor, like you're probably paying your current advisor a decent amount of money, if, especially if you have a place like Schwab or Fidelity as your custodian, mm -hmm. you could call into Schwab and Fidelity and say, remove my advisor from the account, right? Let me just keep the funds, right? If you've got stocks and bonds and mutual funds, those can all just stay the same, but remove the advisor. That way I'm not paying them anymore. And at least you're not, paying somebody that's not giving you advice and it kind of keeps things set in a way as you go out and take the time to find that next advisor. But I'd say you, generally speaking, you want to go out and find the advisor, the advisor that you're, you're mm -hmm. looking for to answer those questions you need help for. And we've got, I'll put a link to the resource. We've got a white paper. It's called three things you should know before choosing a financial advisor. Uh, we did a podcast on mm -hmm. here's the three things you should know uh, and we'll put that guidebook in the notes too, where you can go click and download it. Uh, and it talks about things like fiduciary. Uh, how do I find that advisor? Uh, how do I know how much they're getting paid? Things like that. So we'll put a link to where you can go ahead and, and download that uh, in the notes. And also the podcast, because uh, I talked it through kind of uh, the audio version of here's <laughs> how you go and find that financial advisor. Great. All right. So there's some really good things to pay attention to. If your advisor is doing the bare minimum, you don't fall within the niche. The relationship is not everybody being included. You have an uneasy feeling and you feel ignored. All good yeah. reasons. 
That's exactly it. That's a good summary of it. And we'll have a link to that article that Kiplinger put together. And of course, if you want more ideas beyond this about how to make your retirement great, please go ahead right now, click that subscribe button, and you'll just keep getting our podcast, our videos uh, every week in your inbox. Sounds like a plan. All right. Thanks, Patrice, for talking through. I'm glad to hear you had some, uh, you, you continue to have a good relationship with your advisor. Yeah. This, yeah. this one's not for you, thankfully. I like it. Thank goodness, but it's good to know. Yeah, I suppose. Awesome. Well, thanks, Patrice. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning. Advisory persons of Thriven provide advisory services under a doing business as name or may have their own legal business entities. However, advisory services are engaged exclusively through Thrivent Advisor Network LLC, a registered investment advisor. Kyle Financial Partners and Thrivent Advisor Network LLC are not affiliated companies. Information in this message is for the intended recipients only. Please visit our website, www.kylefp.com, for important disclosures.